tonight I want to minister on uh, something that I was praying and the Lord impressed me to go this direction. And I believe it's for us all. Is focusing on God's purposes. Focusing on God's purposes. Because some, sometimes even in, in prayer, we can be, if you're not careful, we can be selfish in our praying and, and, and focus on what we think should be done instead of focusing on God's purposes. That's very important. Remember even, let me give you an example. You can saw, I'm giving you an example concerning the nation about to go for elections, and you can set your mind in play, praying for a certain candidate instead of praying for God's purposes. You, you, you understand that? Because I've, I've realized something about, about God over the years that I've endeavored to walk with him and to listen to him. I've, I've realized something about him, especially the way he's dealt with me. Is uh, Let me give you an example. If it's the area of finances, he deals with me through his word until I know this is the time for something to happen. And then I see the manifestation of it. And I get to realize this, that his word renews my mind in that area. So that when you see the promise of God, of God being fulfilled, you're realizing this. It wasn't so much of that which I needed, but it was so much of me learning and knowing the purposes of God for my life. Because you ask people, let's give you an example about money and what they want is money. But what for? But what about if I went to the Father and I started learning from the scriptures the purposes of money in the kingdom of God? You see, I've come now to a bigger picture. You, you, you understand that? And, and if I can align myself with the, with the will of God, then provision is guaranteed. If whatever the area of my life, that if I align myself with the very purposes of God, then that which I am trusting him for will be supplied. Why is that so? Remember like the scripture that we quote several times, we do like saying it in, in Psalm 37, it says, delight yourself in him and he shall do what? Fulfill the desires of your heart. But actually, think about this. He cannot fulfill the desires of our hearts if we don't delight in him. So we need then to find out what is actually delighting in God. Because in that scripture, the key word there is delighting and not fulfilling the desires of our hearts. You see what I'm saying? The, the key word there is delighting in the Lord. So if I'm looking for a solution concerning my life to see the desires of my heart being fulfilled, then I need to find out, God, what is it to delight in you? Because if this is in place, the fulfillment of the desires of my heart is a guaranteed thing or a sure thing. Oh, let me give you another scripture. There's so many, but this one comes to heart, which I've confessed over the years. 
It says this in, in, in um, Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, uh, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We know that scripture. Galatians 5.16. So walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh or desires of the flesh. So what do I need to do? I don't want what I've been experiencing, which is the fulfillment of the desires of the flesh. That's not what I want. I've been having these results over and over again. This is what I've been seeing in my life. But then what do I do? I need to find out from the word of God, God, will you tell me and will you teach me what is it to walk in the spirit? Because if I can change and understand what is walking in the spirit and I walk in the spirit, then I shall not fulfill the desires of the, the, the flesh. Look at this then. For there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of, of the law of the spirit of life of life of the law of the spirit of of life in Christ Jesus. Let me read it out uh, in Romans eight one eight two. It says, "For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death." So then, if I want to be free from the law of sin and death, I need to understand. What is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus? Because this is the principal thing here. So now, going back to focusing on God's purposes, I was saying then, uh, that's very important then to measure on exactly what God wants us to do for us to experience his will for our lives. So then focusing, one of the major weapons that the enemy, uh, the enemy, one of the major weapons of the enemy in your spiritual walk is distraction. Distraction. D-I-S-T, not D-E. D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N. It's distraction. That's his, his major, one of his major weapons in our spiritual walk is distraction. And this is true because he distracts before he attacks. He distracts before he attacks. When you see the manifestation of, of something, it just didn't begin. It's been working. And one of the things that the enemy does is to distract you and I. Distractions. Therefore, we must build then our strength. Then if, look at this, if we use this, the weapon of distraction, don't you know that uh, actually focus is such a, uh, a weapon against him? Focus such a weapon against him. And therefore, we must then understand so that we can build our strength regarding that. I think that never before, maybe than any and any other generation that has ever been on earth, we are in an age where there are so many distractions. So many distractions. Probably than any other age. I don't know, in my growing up, 
You know, like for me, I grew up, we didn't have television. Of course, we didn't have a phone. We had a radio. And that was a must if the dad was at home at 7 o'clock, it's time for his news. <laughs> and at 9 o'clock, it was a must. You keep your mouth shut. But really, apart from that, what will distract me? If I go home, I jump around, run, compete, you know. Oh, we had really little distraction. And, and if I'm at my home, think about this. If I've reached my home, that's it. I've, I don't have access to outside world. That's it. You see what I'm saying? That's it. I'm in my village and my, my, the neighbor is out there and there unless one of them comes, you talk a little bit and when they go, they're gone. That's it. No more distraction. But what about now? You have the world in your hands. I get calls, you know, sometimes you miss calls. Sometimes people forget you're sleeping. Maybe they're in another country. And then you wake up in the morning and you see a call. They call at 3.30 and say, don't you know this is nighttime here in Africa? In Kenya, it's African time. There's so many distractions. I do believe that than any other age. Therefore, we must then uh, focus. Now, let me give you the, the Webster's Dictionary uh, meaning for, of focus, some of them. is directed attention. Directed attention. <clears throat> Directed attention, like an example can be a focus in this ministry, of course, to preach the word of God and, and uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, revelation of God's word to, to, to take care of the needy, you know, can be that focus. It's directed attention and, you know, and then another meaning is this, a state or condition permitting clear perception or understanding, a state or condition permitting clear perception or understanding. You know, you, you, it's a condition permitting clear perception or understanding. It's a clear perception or understanding. And then another meaning, meaning is a adjustment for distinct vision. It's adjustment for distinct vision. We, we, it's obvious then we need to do so much adjustments in our lives if we're talking about focus so that you may have what? Distinct vision. Adjustment for distinct vision. So, so you got that? It's a, it's a directed attention. You know, some, sometimes you tell people, just lift up your hands and, 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 and you find that. Just lift up your hands and close your eyes. As a minister of the gospel, you get so surprised of how many people are so distracted. Just lift up your hands everywhere. They, they, they have their hands down and they are looking around. I say, are you even paying attention? No, when you stand up here, you see people. <laughs> or, 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 let me say that. So we lift up holy hands in one accord. Singing, blessed be the name. And then when you say, so we lift up holy hands in one accord. You're distracted. Because see, you're not lifting up your hands. You, you understand that? So you, you see what I'm saying? You're distracted. 
So we lift up holy hands in one accord. You want, you're not there. You're distracted. So if someone is focused, say, so we lift up. You see, even if they had their hands down, it's time now they, they're lifting up and they're, they're doing it with one accord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, that's a person who's focused. Now, now think about this, what I've just said there. That's a person who's distracted, actually. And they, de- listen, this careful. They don't do what they say. Because they are saying they're lifting up their hands and they're not lifting up their hands that their thoughts actually are disconnected from what they intend to do if there's any intention at all. That's very important what I've just told you. You see, so we lift up holy hands in one accord. But their hands are not lifted up. So they are saying there was, but they, they are like what, what Jesus said this, was it not prophesied to you, uh, about you by Isaiah, that you honor me with your mouth, but your, your heart is far from me. You, you see what I'm saying? So look at this. If someone will come and sing, so we lift up, and they're not lifting up their hands at all. If they tell you I'm going to do something for you, don't take their word for that. For they have said, why? Their words mean nothing. They're distracted. I I remember some uh, non-believer. I think that is the same year that I got saved. In fact, it was. It was the same year. I really wanted to be employed. Really wanted. But my motive for employment was really off. I wanted money. And you know what? I wanted money first to do whatever I wanted to do, and much of it is for party. That, that's real. I, I thought of I thought of places I could go to. I thought of money in my pocket was I thought of a new joint in town. Yeah, that's real, that's what I thought. And and, and I was looking at uh, I was looking at uh, my book for that diary for that nineteen ninety-six. That is the first part of the year. And I say, God, give me this job. I even say that, God, give me this job. And I remember I was going for an interview in, in Firestone. Uh, and, and I really wanted to work in Firestone. At that time, when I knew of a certain guy who had, we share the same name, and he worked in Firestone. And I thought, man, I really want to work there. I'll get some money. And I say, God, bless me to get that job. I saw that I wrote that down there. I'm telling you, my heart was... Far from God. He was not in my thoughts at all. Just say God. And we do that so much, especially in Kenya. God will help us in this election. You know, you hear someone so wicked. And they talk that way. So when we focus on God's purposes... When you focus on God's purposes, you start receiving revelations. When you focus on God's purposes, you start receiving revelations. Revelations, remember, is supernatural 
to enable you to walk or fulfill the will of God for your life. Supernatural empowerment that enables you to fulfill the will of God for your life. And how is that? Remember, the revelation in your, is not for me. What, what did Jesus ask his disciples and say, who do men say that I am? The son of man am. And then he said, you are, you know, they say you are one of the prophets and all that. And then he, he asked, so who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed to you but my father who is in heaven. And upon, look at this, the purpose right there. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Do you think, look at this, do you think, thinking about the words of Jesus himself, he says this, you cannot give, uh, you cannot throw pearls or gold upon pigs or swine. You see that? So think about gold in the scriptures talking about divine. You see? So God cannot waste his revelations. He cannot. His revelations are received by those who are seeking. And when, when we start focusing on God's purposes, then we are opening ourselves for revelations. He cannot. Okay? You, you see the scripture that I've just said about him we cannot. Let me read so that we can. Oh, Father. Time is really good. Praise God. Let me call time good. Let me see this scripture. Uh, oh, wow, that should be Matthew. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Matthew 7. Let, let's, let's look at this in, in context and then you will see what you're talking about. Look at verse 6. Are you there? Matthew 7 verse 6. It says this, Do not give what is holy to the dogs. Now, we know, we know from the scriptures, from the Jewish mindset, who are dogs? One who had no covenant with God. Okay? We see that. Remember, even when he talked, he told the, the Phoenician woman that he said, I can, I can give, uh, I can give children's bread to dogs. Alright? He says, but, but Lord, even dogs eat the crumbs under the table. So, so you remember also when David came before Goliath. When he said, am I a dog that is coming? He's, he's looking at him and he's saying this. You uncircumcised Philistine. You know, he's, he's speaking covenant. So a dog is one who has no covenant with God. Okay? So do not give what is holy to the dogs. Nor cast your pals before swine. Lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. That they mean nothing to them. Revelations mean nothing to them. In fact, when he started talking some things, you know, even among the Jewish people, who are supposed to be people of the covenant, but actually they are acting as 
people who are no covenant with God. Remember he told them this, you are of your father the devil and the works of your father do you do? In other words, if you are Abraham's seed, you could have known who I am. Abraham's seed are the ones who are initiated and they can be able to hear what the master was saying to them. If you are Abraham's seed, you are able to hear. Listen to this. Jesus comes in and he starts talking about, even talking about his church. My sheep know my voice. So what will my sheep do? My sheep will partake of holy things. But if those who are not acting as my sheep, though holy things are available for them, they cannot be partakers of them, even if they are thrown to them. He said, don't, don't even cast your pulse before swine, lest they trample them under your, their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. The Jewish people are not supposed to eat that kind of meat. Or even rare swines. <laughs> go, go there to First Corinthians so that I can, I can validate what I'm saying. It's always good to see the scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. It says, it's whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of his fruit. Please, you have to, to read from, the, from verse 1. Or who turns a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock. And then look at verse 8. Do I say these things as a mere man, or do I, does not the law source says the same also? Okay, verse 9. For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. It is oxen God is concerned about, or does he say it all together for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. Now look at verse 11. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? How does I look at There's a script. Oh yeah, that's still there. Okay, if I have sown spiritual things for you, it, it, is it a great thing if you reap your material things? I thought you were going to answer. If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? But look at this. Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Look at verse 13. This is what I was looking for. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things? Revelations. You minister the holy things, eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar. Years ago, I think that should have been 1997 or 1998, the Lord said this, seek me, find revelations, I will off, I will, I'll take care of your needs. Minister to people, revelations. You don't have to ask people, please give me something. Revelations. What's revelation? Look at this then. Having talked about, do you see that? Or do you see that? What is revelation? Revelation. So God does not waste revelations. Listen to this. The more the church is keen and focused to hear, the more revelations will be revealed by the Spirit of God in any gathering. 
Irene Gathering. <clears throat> so you focus on God's purposes, you start receiving revelations. With revelations flows wisdom. With revelation flows wisdom because that knowledge has come by the Holy Spirit and it empowers you to walk the walk of faith. You see it. I see it, Lord. I see it, Lord. When you see something by the Spirit of God, it's been revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. You receive an empowerment. In fact, he told Peter this, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. In other words, this is your victory over the devil. But it takes focus. When you have a clear sense of direction, when, when you have a clear sense of direction brought about by focus, you are able to, to maintain clear mind and purpose in the midst of chaos. I'll say it again. When you have a clear sense of direction brought about by focus. Do you know one of the, the, the uh, ways to focus is through meditation? This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth. But I shall meditate, meditate, meditate in it day and night. That I may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then I'll make my way prosperous. And then I'll have good success. This book of the law. This book of the law. You see you're having those thoughts over and over again. What are you doing? You're removing any other thought that is contrary to that. You, you, you keep meditating. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it until you start Getting revelation concerning, you start thinking of this. This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but I shall meditate in it. Meditate. And then the next question will be, you see, you're still thinking. What is meditation, by the way? Meditation. You see, you're focusing on a point. You're focusing. What is meditation? Meditation. 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 And you can go to the scripture and say, Medit Lord, what is meditation? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm strong. I'm strong. You're focusing. And what are you focusing on? The right thing. What, are, what is in the natural sense, what, what can you easily focus on? The weakness you're feeling. But now you choose, I'm not going to focus on that weakness, I'm going to focus on my strength. That is like Numbers 21, in verse 9, concerning on Moses, when the children of Israel sin, and he say, the Lord told him, Prepare that serpent and put it on a pole. And then everyone who's beaten should look at that serpent and they shall be healed. They shall live. They shall live. That's what the, the word of God said. They shall live. So what, what is the natural thing to do? Remember, he's talking about focus. Let's go there a little bit to 
But let me make this statement again, then you'll go there. When you have a clear sense of direction brought about by focus. So actually, clear sense of direction is brought about by what? Focus. You are able to maintain a clear mind and purpose in the midst of chaos. <laughs> you see, when you come to a place where there are chaos and you hadn't, you're, you are not a focused person, you'll be swallowed in, into, you'll be swallowed up by the, those chaos. Huh? You know, it's so easy to, to be able to, to tell uh, a person who just come from the country and they've never been to the city. If they have, uh, have 50,000 shillings, it's going quickly. Because <laughs> they can be able to tell, this guy has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ever seen a, you ever watch a movie, Time Changer? Anyone? Time Changer, go check it out on YouTube. Nowadays it's there for free. It's fun. This is a man who was uh, in a, I've watched it, I don't know how many times. Tina, when I'm, I've watched it, Tina comes and just looks at me and she goes away. Uh, it's, it's so interesting because the man was in a, what do you call that? Seminary. Seminary. And then several things that they were doing, they were trying to remove. He had written a good book, but he had no, read, had no name of Jesus in it. Speaking principles of Jesus, but with, name, with no name of Jesus in it. And there's one man said, no, you can't do that. Because it has no authority. Remember, authority is in the name. Long story short, go check it out on YouTube, time change. Long story short, this man was telling him, you cannot do this because it will cause harm in the future, had a machine that was able to take someone a hundred years ahead of time. <laughs> and then he was taken into his future by a hundred years and he lands down a certain street. And he started talking to people and, and, and uh, in fact, he, was, he asked for a hotel, a place you could rest, and he was taken, and he was being told, this is a fan, and this is, you do this, it's an AC, it's an AC, da-da-da, it's, it's AC. And, and this is the, the, what do you call that, clicker, the remote control, you'll do this, you turn it on, and then say, turn it on. So he's, he's lost, because think about his hundred years ahead of his time, and then, uh, and then he's told, it seems like you've come from a long distance. You must have a jet lag. Jet lag. <laughs> he is, he, he cannot, you know, understand the, the terms. Just think about 100 years ago and someone says a mobile phone. What's up? I say, what's, the, what's down? And they have no idea regarding that. Think about yourself being taken ahead to 20, what? 21, 20? If Jesus still, if Jesus wouldn't have come back, 2120, what do you think will happen to you? You think you're cool? They will look at you as an ancient. <laughs> A fossil. <laughs> Why was I going that? 
clear mind and purpose in the midst of chaos. So if you, if you are ahead of time, you've known how to set your mind to focus, then when you come to a place where there are chaos, that has no grip on you. Why? This clear mind of purpose and focus. That's how children of God are supposed to be operating on this earth. In this world. Today. Guys in schools, that's how you're supposed to be operating in school. You are already, you are already wired for God. That's it. This which is happening out here has no, has no effect on you. Okay. Where was I taking you? Do you remember? Huh? Numbers 21. <clears throat> Thank you, my wife. She listens to me. 21 verse 9. Let's start from verse Look at verse 7. Let's start from verse 7. Very interesting. Verse 7. And therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord. And against, against you, pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. <laughs> That's interesting. Pray to the Lord that he may take away serpents from us. That's what they thought he was going to answer them. That's what they thought he was going to answer them. No. That's what I'm saying. True prayer really is listening to God for his purposes. And then we pray them out. That's why I'm a strong believer of praying in tongues. Then he says this. He says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is beaten, when he looks at it, shall live. Were well, the serpents removed? It, mean, it means this then. They're still going to continue being beaten. <laughs> Tell the Lord to remove. We've seen. That's okay, Lord. We accept you. Say, remove these serpents now. I said, no, I'm not going to remove serpents. I'm going to set, Moses set a fiery serpent and, and um, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be everyone who is beaten. When he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had beaten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. There's something there. Look at this. Let me show you something. God do this for me. I want you to do this for me. He said, not that way. You are responsible. I'm going to do something, not the way you think. I'm going to make what you are asking available, but you will be responsible to make it happen through your obedience. Oh, I don't know if you're seeing that. Tell, 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 we've seen against him, uh, we've seen against God and pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. He didn't do that. Not the way you think. Because what he was requiring was simple obedience. And think about this. This is foreshadowing 
the coming of our, the Messiah. Who he says, whoever believed, remember that conversation with Nicodemus, whoever believed in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life or eternal life. In other words, there is provision. But what is required of you is obedience to what he has made available so that you may partake of it. It's available. People mostly, they want, they want to tell God to do what is already done. Sometimes I'm telling you, if, if, if uh, the Lord reveals to, to you some prayers that we prayed, it's like our, our, can I use this word without no offense? But it's like, it's like our servant. We're telling him. And he say, I'm not your servant. I think that's why it's so important for believers to understand him as Lord. He's not just the Savior, he's Lord. Then you realize in the Lordship we take submission and obedience. I, I tell my servant, go, and he goes, and I tell this other, and come, he comes. I tell one, I have soldiers under me, remember that Matthew chapter 8? I have soldiers under me. I say to one, go and he goes. And I tell another one, come and he comes. And my servant, do this. And he does this. Why is this? Is, I am a man and authority. So I have authority. So if believers in Christ, we can understand then, he is Lord. We'll never tell him to do anything. But we'll ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? What's that? Purpose. We focus on his purposes. That's our victory over the devil. I've said such an important thing right there. Very important. I'll say it again. We need to understand him as he's our father, family, but he's our Lord then you don't tell your Lord what to do. You ask your Lord what to do. Because in Lordship, he's being Lord is his purposes, not my purposes. And then whatever he says, we obey. And in our obedience, we get always results. Because that is actually, we are delighting ourselves in him. Lord, you gave me five talents. Here I am, I've come with five more. Take. Now as he's seeing this, it's a joy to do this for you. What about the other one? You say, I, I was afraid. <laughs> I, know, I knew you was a hard man. No, he was wrong. He had wrong perception of his master. You can as well shout Hallelujah. Oh, you are quiet. Oh, you, oh, sorry. You are so excited. You can as well shout hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> Those are mysteries of the kingdom. Those are life-changing things when you really understand and you start focusing on his purposes. So what did he say? Don't ever forget this, please. <clears throat> Tell 
tell him to remove away the serpents. So no. No, no, no. Look, look at this in our generation. Oh, I'm about it. Oh, let's go to, <laughs> to, to, to John chapter 3. Don't forget that, okay? What you've just read. In what chapter? Of what? Numbers 21, okay? Don't forget that. Let's go to, uh, to John chapter 3. <clears throat> Don't forget this, church. The old covenant is Christ concealed. Wacha niongeili tuweze kuelewa na vizuri. Amefichwa. Kama vile tunavyosema sahi Yesu amefichwa in the old covenant. Lakini kulipokuja na agano jipya, tara! Amefuchiliwa. Fichuliwa. Did I say right? Fichulio, is that so? Yeah, fichulio. Why is it now? <laughs> Ta-da! Here he is. So look at this. You know what is happening there? Listen this. Look, oh, look at what the, this, these children of Israel, they have sinned. They are guilt of sin and they are telling God, this is how you are going to save us. This is how we want you to save us. No. This is the Lamb of God who was crucified before the foundation of the world. He has the pattern. Don't give him the pattern. Ask him for the pattern. And flow with the pattern. Can you, can you see how disrespectful and dishonorable that quote-unquote prayer was? Because it didn't focus on purpose. It focuses on, it focus on self. And God does it. Oh Lord, help my brother to get this seat of a governor and we will be rich in our family. The blessing of Abraham. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. For he should, if he's your brother, he should ask the Lord, Lord, is that man the one to really? <laughs> I know this guy. I don't think I need to vote for him. <laughs> if it's your own brother. And you know that he's a wicked man. You're believing him. You don't call him wicked. You're believing. All right. Let's go to John 3. So remember the conversation of Nicodemus? First he went at night. He's seeking salvation, but at night. <laughs> and then he says, conversation, and he's told, uh, he's told you have to be born again. He said, what? Verse 4. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And verse 5, of course, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the spirit of water, and the spirit cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he goes on and on and on. And verse 8, he says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said, and said How can these things be? And he said this, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Look at verse 11. Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what you know and testify 
and we have seen and you do not receive our witness. What we have seen and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things, you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but you came down from heaven. That is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. And whoever believes. In him should not perish but have everlasting life. So this is God's pattern. So them, actually they are saying this. God, you take care, about, take care of our sin. God says, I'm going to provide for you a remedy for your sin. And, you know, in fact, it says this. Uh, look at this. Let me say in this man. Praise God. Help me, Lord, here. The fiery serpents were there tormenting them because of their sin. Okay? Came in as a result of sin, which was bringing what? Death. So God says this. They, them they are saying, tell God to remove. We've, we've repented. And on the basis of us, we've repented. Tell him remove the serpents. He seemed to remove them. God says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to place, uh, Moses do this, he gave the instruction concerning that serpent and put it on the pole. And then say, and everyone who's beaten looks. In other words, it will take you something. It will take you believing. It will take you not focusing on what is happening to you and focusing on my provision for your sins. This is the plan. That's why from Genesis to Revelation, we need to look for Jesus. It's a plan of redemption. We need to look at every scripture as believing God for revelation. That is actually, we are focusing on one thing. Like what Jesus told Martha. Mother, Mother, you are distracted by many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that thing. And what is that? Sit right there. Focus on him. He's my redeemer. Focus on God's purposes. It's a plan of redemption for my life. These are God's purposes. And as long as I focus on that, I enter into eternal life. And eternal life, remember this, is not the length of life. Only. It's the quality of life that he came to redeem us for us to experience, to redeem us from the curse for us to experience. It takes focus. Ah, praise God. Hebrews 12. Let's say quickly and then I'll, I'll show you something then we pray a little bit here. You getting something out of this? In Hebrews 12, the Passion Translation, one of my Fervent scriptures in looking at it from the Passion Translation. Uh, translation. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Let's start from verse 1. As for us, it's long. As for us, we have all these great witnesses that we encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and sin will so easily befall into us. What do those do? They, they remove focus from us. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path 
has already been marked out before us. So what do we need to do? We need just to believe the path has already been marked out for us, before us. It's already done. What about my healing, Sam? <laughs> Think about this. Stop focusing on cancer and start focusing on the Redeemer. Have you, have you ever been wounded? An example, your three friends, your, your, your friend, here is Miss Ruth and Professor Judy. And then um, they were friends and then she does something to her and she feels so bad. And then uh, she meets with a third friend and now he is missing. So how have you been, Miss Ruth, today? Fine. And she's thinking. She, all through she's been thinking of what Professor Judas done for, to her. Can you imagine what? What that woman said, you know, now she's been focusing all through. She's been focusing on that word which was said. And when she meets with the next person, she's just now giving out that information. It's full inside of her. You're looking at me as if it's never happened to you. Huh? And, you, and you, you know, you, you, you feel like, you even feel like calling someone and talking. And so have you been, oh, it's been okay. And, but the whole purpose is you want to say something of what has happened to you. You're focusing on that wound, and the more you focus on it, the deeper. It's painy. It's painy. It's painy. It's painy. Amen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll be... Some things have happened to me. And I'm telling you, I'm tempted to talk. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, I'm tempted just to say something. And I said, no, I won't. No, I won't. No, I won't, devil. And then you go back. And, you know, Tina probably saying something. And those thoughts are just coming to my mind. You, you ought to say, I'm not say. I'm not going to empower it. I go to prayer. And sometimes it may take the first few minutes, it may take just the mind is still there. You're praying in tongues, but you are there. Of that which happened. And immediately I said, wow, Lord, finally, focus has come. Oh, I remember something. In fact, I didn't tell you. I told you much later. Oh, I was told of someone has done something. And I thought, oh, God. Oh, God. I was angry. I was angry on a Saturday morning. And I found, started looking for scriptures, how to do that thing. You know, to fix it through the scriptures. And I thought, Lord, is this the time to pray this prayer? You know, those ones like smash their, their is it? Ah, really? And I, and I, I look, uh, no. Then I left. I remember I was seated at the house. Then I went to us, uh, my office in the house, and I had the Spirit of God say something to me. I, I started getting rid of those thoughts, just believing God to focus on God. And then he said this to me, do you know who's the target in this whole situation? 
Uh-uh. He said this, do you know who's behind this? I say, yes, Lord, now that you say. You know, I thought the man was. The one behind it. <laughs> In other words, I was dealing with flesh and blood. And then he said this. He said, do you know who's behind all this? I say, yes, Lord, now that you've said. I knew what the answer. And then he said this. He said this. Uh, oh, you know, yes. And do you know who's the target in all this? I say, yes, Lord, now that you've said, I'm the target. I say, then take authority over the devil. Don't focus on the person. The person who had told me of that situation, I told the individual, and I told them what the Lord had said to me, and I took authority over that situation. I spoke with that individual two days later and said, when you prayed that way, that was it. Peace came. You're dealing. You're focusing on your redemption. And you're taking authority over your redeemer. Listen, focus is your strength against the devil. When you focus on him, God, what is done for us it becomes our strength against the enemy. So he says this, look at verse 2 quickly. <clears throat> ah, I thought you were going to pray in a certain direction tonight. But are you receiving anything out of this? Is it this blessing you? Uh, look at this in verse, verse 2. We look away from the natural realm. Can't you tell who's behind that, who controls the natural realm? It's called the God of this world. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus. That's like those children of Israel. We fasten our gaze unto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward. Listen. Well, in the, think about this. Look at the same scripture. You always, sometimes you, you need to look at the scripture and say, what about if I don't guess my, if I don't, I don't, if I don't look away from the natural realm, if I focus on the natural realm, that means I will not fasten my gaze unto Jesus who bathed my face within us, then that is happening. I'm opening myself up to unbelief. And that means instead of being led forward, I'm stagnated. But he will lead us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was. You're here or you left. Your heart, his heart was focused on the joy. Of knowing that would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. And now sits exalted on the right hand of the throne of God. That is power and authority. Listen, that wasn't happening just at the cross. He knew. He set his heart there. Focusing on the joy of knowing that you'd be his. That's, that's wonderful right there. But are you seeing what you're supposed to do? We look away from the natural realm. We look away from the natural realm. We fasten our gaze. Oh, oh, Paulie. 
Oh, Polly. You know, we, we, we like to Polly Sana. Polly Sana. Polly. We focus on that Polly. And you can be looking for Polly from people. Oh, that's a I said, you know, can we celebrate? I remember, Jean uh, and I were not courting, uh, but her brother-in-law was visiting Tina. That was in 2002. Was visiting Tina, and then at the gate, he was shot by thugs. It was a Tina's sister. Shot right in here. And I never met him. So I was, I was told, in the office, uh, you know, there's a lady we worked with. She was called Juliet. Juliet is in heaven. She's been in heaven for several years. And they served with Tina in the hospitality, uh, you know, the hospitality team. So anyway, she told me about that. And I knew who Tina was, though she didn't know. But I, was, I knew who she was. She was going to be my wife. So I have to visit my relatives. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A spirit land people. So I said, Juliet, that's what I've been to still. Yeah, that's what I've been. Oh, what, don't you mind if we visited her? Visited the brother-in-law. I knew that was going to be my brother-in-law also. So I'm serious. When I was going there, I wanted to know my, my relatives. Tina had no idea. <laughs> she didn't even care. But I was going to meet my relatives. So I told Juliet after work, we worked together in the office and we drove, you know, she was driving. We went together to, to Nairobi Hospital and, and we found Ken, uh, Ken married to Tina's sister. So we got, we got in there and, and uh, Ken, it's amazing, he still had a bullet in his stomach. It's interesting. Eh? Somewhere lodged in there, the gut. Oh, Ken will preach you happy. Oh, my goodness. He's excited. He's talking about how the devil is defeated. And he's not coming from his head. You can tell from his spirit. I thought that that's my brother-in-law. <laughs> oh, no. You didn't have gone with Paul to Ken. It's my first time to meet you there. It's amazing. He had all those things in the hospital bed and he's talking faith and he's talking faith. And Ken, by the way, is such a kind man. He's that way until today. He's such a kind man. And it's that, it's that way. And that really impressed me. That's the person I went to visit in the hospital. I, I, I remember. I, I don't know. I can't remember anyone. And he's the one who's going to preach to you. I'm telling you about the devil is defeated. Anyway, Ken is alive, strong, healed, completely no issue. It's been since 2002. That was 2002. You, you have thought like you are going to, to look at Ken and say, oh, Paul, Paul, this insecurity. Paul, no, Ken. I wasn't talking in that language. And I'm telling you, he wasn't acting. He was speaking what was in his heart. Let's focus. Don't focus on your issues. Focus on your redemption. Don't. Don't forget the prayer in Numbers 21. So that was my first time to meet with Tina's sister. There's a sister there and brother-in-law. 
And I thought, yeah, this will be my family members. <laughs> I don't know what you told me much later when you got to Marasi. I thought your visit, something you said something. I said, no, you thought wrong. You thought, you thought wrong because I'm, I was act, acting by faith. This is my relative. So you visit your relatives when they are in hospitals, that's all. So mine were still are not manifested, but I knew. Anyway, let's, let's, let me say, finish this by saying, oh yeah, oh, I have some few scriptures. Listen to this. Attacks of the enemy are meant to remove us from focusing on God's plan into the devil's plan for our lives. Attacks of the enemy are meant to remove us from focusing on God's plan into the devil's plan for us. Remember, the devil also has a plan. Hey, you know that? It's to steal, kill, and destroy. Therefore, we must look away from the natural or beyond the natural. Let's go and look chapter 6 quickly. Miss a few minutes. Doesn't seem like we'll pray the way I thought we will, but I believe this is important. Mark chapter 6. Did I say Mark chapter 6? I said, look, Mark chapter 6. Sorry. Remember the, the, the miracle of feeding 5,000? I want you to see the context of the things that I've shared with you tonight, okay? Look at Jesus. So they, they, they don't have um, food. And then uh, verse 35, when the day was first spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place. Already the hour is late. Send them away. <laughs> oh, that's kind of like the children of Israel. They're telling the master what to do. Can you imagine? Can you imagine of them coming and say, master, what plans do you have for these people? You understand? What plans do you have for these people? You know, it's late here. Did you know he could have told them? Huh? But he says this, send them. Tell your master, tell your Lord, send them away. Lord, <laughs> go to their horsey tolls and visit them. What suppose I was sick and you, you visited me? He talks about you and I. Didn't say you'd be sending people. If you pray that way and we are eating, we're about to eat and the food is at the table, you'll find me eating. You know, sir? <laughs> so when the day was first spent, so his disciples say, send them away that they may go to the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. I don't know how they went around inquiring. Do you have anything to eat? No. Do you have anything to eat? No. Do you have anything to eat? No. Do you have anything? Okay, they don't have anything to eat. Send them away. I don't know if they did that. And then, and, but he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 dinari worth of bread and give them something to eat? Wrong focus. But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. Then he commanded, look at this, commanded them to sit. Commanded them to make them all sit down in groups of the green, on the green grass. So they sat down in racks and hundreds and fifties. And we had taken the five loaves and the two fish. What did he do? He looked up to heaven. 
Think in the context of what you're talking about. He focused on another realm. He looked up to heaven. He supplies our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He looked up to heaven. Focus. That is actually talking about another realm. What like, like the scripture that we read in Hebrews chapter 12. He says this. He removed his focus or he turned his eyes away from the natural into the realm of abundance. That's amazing. That is amazing when you meditate on that. By itself, you can read it and say, yeah, that's, that's powerful. But you meditate on that, you focus on just this statement. You realize how powerful it was and the provision was there. Oh, look at this. Or oh, you say, yes, that's a miracle. Yes, it was. But what does that miracle tell you? The provision is always there. You must know how, where to look for look, to look at. Or to look for it. What do you have tonight? What is it that you think like, this is my issue? They say, the provision is there. The provision, all of it is hinged on our redemption. But you have to find it. You can't tell God, do this. He says, I already did. What I need to do is to guess, to focus on what I've done for you. And that's where the provision is at. Fools cried out to God in their distresses. He says this. He didn't answer. Where are you? Where are you that I may come in? He sent his word. Why? Remove your eyes from that. Think about this, uh, uh, church. Think about this. Now, they, they have committed sin. And it doesn't tell you that go cleanse yourself in the river. It tells them, look at my, my, my provision for your sin. It will only take obedience. So provision is always there. That amazes me. You meditate on that long enough as here. Provision is always there. Always. Always, church. It's not even far. It's there. It says, but remove your eyes from that which takes away, takes you away from the true focus and you realize this is my provision. Go quickly to another realm. Uh, another realm. Uh, the same realm. <laughs> Acts 7. <laughs> you need to go to the another realm. Mark 7. And it does say Mark 7. Acts 7. Acts 7. Acts 7.54. Go, go quickly, please, over there. Acts 7. This is a story of Stephen. He's about to be killed. And he's spoken and spoken and spoken concerning uh, the Jesus, uh, really, the plan of God in redemption. And look at verse 7. When they had these things which he had spoken, they were cut to their heart and gnashed him with their teeth. Can you imagine someone just, I mean, that, that, that is demonic. Go next. But he... Being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed. Focus. Imagine this gazer. <laughs> and the scriptures, right? Over there, they're coming. 
they're, they're gnashing. That go back there. That's fifty-four. They gnashed at him with their teeth. You know the Bible says if if you say gnashed at him with their teeth, that's what it is. How they did it, they gnashed. Okay, if you want to know gnashed, go study how they gnashed at him with their teeth. Now is that threatening? Huh? You've been surrounded by these people. You know they are furious. Listen, they are. I'm using wrong English here. I think. Their furiousness is demonic inspired. That ought to cause some chills to a natural man. No. What is the natural thing? Say, don't touch. Please spare me. I need to continue preaching. Don't kill me. No. He looked up. Guessed. Him being full of the Holy Spirit. Guessed into heaven. And saw what you focus on, you see. You focus on that, you see. I'll show you some people who focused. Until they saw, they focused. They gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus, listen, he, we are told he's seated at the right hand of God. But he's looking at Stephen and he's seen this man full of the Holy Ghost. And he's seen this man gazing into heaven and he stands. He's no longer seated. Have you seen from the scriptures that he's seated? Quiet. You need to be baptized again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> At least you went to my wife. <laughs> you know, some baptism again. You know, sir, have you seen the scriptures? Him seated at the right hand of God. But this time he's standing. At the right hand of God. Not seated, standing. And look at this, the next scripture there. He says, and say, look. He guessed. He saw, he pronounced, this is what is happening. This is my deliverance. I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. When what is happening there? Oh, come on now. You need some baptism also? Next, verse 57. <laughs> then they cried out with a loud voice, stop their ears, come on, stop their ears, and ran out with ran at him with an accord and go next one and they cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their cross at the feet of the young man named Saul and go verse 9 and they stoned Stephen and see us calling on God say Lord Jesus receive my spirit go ahead the next one he says this then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice Lord do not charge them with this sin and he, he had said this he fell asleep You should look at the amplified version, what it says. Go quickly to that scripture, the last one, verse 60. Oh, hallelujah. That's what focus does. Listen to this. When he said this, he fell asleep in death. He just died. Oh, when you see that dream, it doesn't matter what happens to you. Wrong focus is painful. It's painful. Oh, I've prayed in the Holy Ghost many times and meditated on that scripture and it's powerful. 
when you see the glory of God, nothing else matters. You found the longing of your soul. The fulfillment of every desire comes through focus. What you focus on is very important. It opens your door into another realm. And the realm of his glory. Focus on the right thing. Let me tell you something. You focus on your wounds, you receive more thoughts concerning that pain. You have some few more minutes? Let me show you something also in Acts chapter 1. <clears throat> Remember when he was being caught up in the air, going home? Chapter 1, verse 9. Now when he has spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. I've read some commentaries. He say that cloud of witnesses. Yeah, that, that, that as it is. I've, I've, I've read some commentary. It says that that's the cloud of witnesses in Hebrews chapter 12. Just were received in heaven. There are many just receiving him. And while they looked steadfastly. You see, they still are gazing. They still are gazing. They looked steadfastly toward heaven. Those are the disciples. As he went up, how many were they? How many were they? 500. Oh, when are you going up there? 500 who gathered? Check out 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But one, 120 remained in the upper room. Oh, check it out. Apostle Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And while they looked steadfast toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apron. They looked steadfastly until heaven opened up. That was supernatural. And he said, men of Galilee, why do you, do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in like man as you saw him into the cloud, he, into heaven. He went in being received by the clouds. Listen, one day it will be his coming. It will be the same way. The clouds will open, then he manifests, we'll see him. The, one day it's going to be reverse of that. But listen this. Those who are gazing will receive him. We'll see him. And he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's doing the same in our generation. Focus. In Psalm 23, verse 4, very familiar scriptures, it says here, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In other words, I found focus. So it's not what I'm facing. I'm facing, I'm focused. I have a direction. I have a passion. And then I'll finish with this. The time to focus, in, to focus is your time of prayer and the word. Focusing actually is setting your mind on God's word. Meditation is such a key there. There's an area we thought we were going to pray tonight. Maybe we'll be praying about it last, next week. Yeah, I think so. We'll pray about that next week.
Hallelujah. Woohoo! Praise God. Glory to God. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I came to the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. That's really good. That really focusing. Look at this. I've, I've said it over the years. That focus comes in again in your own time. You check out your thoughts. You go to the word of God. You find out what the word of God says. You have your mind renewed in that area. You keep meditating on that. And you see this when you step out during the day. Doesn't matter what you face. Your mind is fixed on God's word. Let's read this one scripture, one of my favorite in Colossians 3. Verse 1 from the Passion Translation. Remember we read it last Sunday? Are you in church on Sunday or not? All right, Colossians 3.1. Christ's resurrection is our resurrection too. That's why we are to yearn for all that is above. Can you see that also, Gezi? You yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ is enthroned at the place of power, honor, and authority. Remember the time of uh, Stephen, he stood up. The scripture says, sit, sit, but this day he stood up. That's amazing. And then he says, yes, feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with the heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. You look away from the natural. That is everything in Christ. You go again back to that number 21, where they gave instruction to the children of Israel. It's not what you tell God to do, it's what he's done. And us is just to believe. It's what he's done, and we enter into that rest. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Please stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you, our Lord. We worship you, our King. Just let's worship and honor him. Time is a bit, a bit more, you know, spent, but let's just worship him. And... Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Will you lift up your hands now, now that you've learned about focus? <laughs> lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands and let's just worship him. Let's worship him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost as you focus on him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your healing process. Presence, Lord. Thank you for your healing presence. Thank you for the opening of the eyes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the word you've given us tonight. Thank you for your presence, which is here. You say, so shall your word be that goes out of your mouth. 
shall not return to you void, but it shall accomplish the thing that you've sent it. To do, and it shall prosper in that thing. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance from distractions. I take authority over addictions in the name of Jesus. I break your power. And I thank you, Lord, for deliverance from distractions. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit of God filling the lives of your people. Oh, Father, thank you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. I know he's doing something in our midst here tonight. I know he has, but just lift your hands and just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for the youth in this church and the youth ministry in this church. You shall be strong. It shall be the, the, the strength of this ministry. We shall be known for a strong, impactful youth ministry. I call it in the name of Jesus. This church shall be known as a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Therefore, I call that forth in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for the supernatural and thank you for wisdom and the anointing to move into the things that you, you want this church to move into. And I thank you, Father, and I bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.